What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to True North Talk with your favorite hosts, with the most, as we always like to say here, Peter and Joe. And in today's episode, we're going to be bringing you a reading from Daniel and also some some information and, and topics from a book that, that Joe read recently as well. Um, I'll, I'll let Joe speak on that in a little bit. But from the story that we're going to be taking from Daniel chapter 3, if you want to turn there in your Bibles as we get ready for this episode, uh, I think we're episode 20 of season 2 now. Um, but in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the furnace and we're going to be talking about facing the furnace into the fire um, Joe, maybe we'll say the title because that's escaping me right now what we had decided, but just kind of talking about being prepared for the furnace, which is inevitable and it's also a revealer and we'll get more into those themes later, but I think it was a, it was a powerful message for me this past Sunday at church and, and I know from, for, for Joe kind of the same theme kind of arose in this past week as well. So Joe, if you want to kind of take it away from from what you read, I know yeah. we'll get into this this scripture where we can kind of dive deeper into it, but just kind of let everybody know what what's on your heart and mind this week. Yeah. Um, so the title that I was we were thinking of before the episode is "Are You Prepared for the Furnace?" And you know, this is something that's been on my heart and my mind. Um, I've shared on the podcast before. I haven't talked a whole lot about it, but I've been dealing with a really challenging i guess you could call it uh chronic health condition it's called topical steroid withdrawal it's caused by i use uh, the steroid cream for my eczema and essentially my body got over exposed to it and now it's going through this withdrawal process it's been six months now it's been really really challenging and had a pretty just a low point this past week and you know it's important to have the low points but i've i've rebounded from that and regained my you know, patience and, and and strength, Lord willing, and thanks to God for that. But really feel like, you know, whether it's it's a health challenge you're going through or heartbreak or any sort of challenge, you know, hardship, it's just so important to know, you know, to how, how to have that fortitude and to know where we get it from. And honestly, just so that we you know, it's important that we ex- honestly expect, we expect suffering, you know, because suffering is a, just a part of the Christian walk. And it's a, it's a part of life, first of all. It's a precondition to life. But it's also even more a part of the Christian walk. And I, I have a scripture, a couple scriptures, an excerpt from this book I'm reading right now called A Biblical Guide for the God-Honoring American Man, Iron Sharpening Iron that I'm going to share later in the episode after we go through Daniel three. Um, but, but yeah, just really personally experiencing it and just leaning on the Lord for strength. And I, I think this passage speaks directly to that. Yeah. So were you, were, were you going to read those uh, excerpts right now? Um, I can, if you want, but I thought we were going to go ahead and go through Daniel three first and then go through it later. But if you want, I okay. can share it now. Yeah, that works. We can we can get started with with Daniel. Sorry about that. Okay. So in this is this is chapter 3, kind of to set the stage. Daniel and then three of his friends were were Hebrew Jewish men who had been taken um from their from their homeland to Babylonia um in exile basically. And so in this in these first couple of chapters of Daniel, 
is kind of about training. And I think in in that passage on training, um, where Daniel was faced with, where Daniel and his friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were faced with this, you know, basically challenge of eating the food and drinking the wine that all the royal trainees, I guess, were undergoing, and they stood up in that situation. Then Daniel 2 is about a dream by Nebuchadnezzar and an interpretation by Daniel. Um, There's a lot of interesting things in there that kind of foreshadowed the eventual Roman Empire and the Greek Empire, I think, and Persian as well. Definitely a lot of interesting stuff in there, and I think it also um, kind of gives some hints of things to come in a revelation, revelatory sense. But here in chapter 3, right after this right after this vision that Nebuchadnezzar receives, this dream about a statue that kind of depicts his earthly greatness and grandeur, he decides here, starting in verse 1, and we're going to be jumping around a little bit through the first half of this chapter, but King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And so he summons these prefects, governors, advisors, judges, um, all sorts of different people in leadership positions, and they are assembled there to set up the image that King Nebuchadnezzar has has basically dedicated to himself. And then a herald, the herald, picking up verse 4, loudly proclaimed, Nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of instruments, I'm just going to say, because it lists a bunch of instruments here, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And here, here is the kicker. Here is the, kind of the gauntlets being thrown down here in verse 6. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. And so... Picking up, uh, you know what? Actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop here because I want to ask this question now. In this situation, Joe, and I want you to, I want you to be honest. I, I think I know what, what answer you would go with here. But what would you be thinking? Maybe ra- in, rather than how would you respond? What would you be thinking in this moment? Holy cow! I mean, <laughs> it's not a holy cow though. Probably... That comes from that comes from a different biblical story with the golden <laughs> calf. <laughs> unholy cow <laughs> holy <Exactly>. statue <laughs> no i mean i'd go. be probably terror i mean probably just just i mean stomach drops you know mm. you probably feel i don't know where where is this takes place if it was like next to the furnace or not if you could see it or feel it but i'm just imagining feeling the heat from a furnace like this um yeah. And yeah, terror, man. I mean, who wants to be thrown into fire? That has to be one of the worst ways to die. It's a burn. And so, yeah, I would say terror. What about you? Terror and and I guess maybe a sense of confusion as to why, you know, I was... It almost is like, kind of makes me think of the story of, you know, Esther and Mordecai kind of in a similar type of story, you know, occupation basically. And they're in this scenario where they're, they're out of their familiar territory. And it's like, why am I going through this? And I think Mordecai tells Esther, you know, or I, or maybe Esther says this, I'm trying to remember who's, who says it here, but they say something along the lines of, you know, God intended me for such a time as this. 
And so, you know, that's that's what I hope my response would be. But if I'm being honest, it'd be kind of maybe on the flip side of God, why have you put me in this situation? So maybe it'd be a little bit of questioning. Um, I like to think that that I always have have a pretty good idea of thinking, you know, every situation that we go through is part of God's plan for us. But I have to imagine faced with this situation, I would have a sort of of questioning and that's, you know. I would hope it's not a doubt of God. I think there is a difference between questioning and doubt. I think you do have to be very, very careful with questioning God because we never should question his motives from a sense of like, oh, I don't think this is the right thing for me, God. But it's instead kind of flipping that mindset into, you know, show me instead of why me. And this is this is in tone here. It's going to be the same thing. Why me? Be like, why me? You know, like, or or what's, I'm trying to think of this, this phrase that I've heard before. Maybe it's not why me and why me, but it's like, um, it's more like, instead of why me of like, thinking I don't deserve this or feeling just utterly lost, it's thinking, you know, why, why am I the one that you intended for this, basically, if that makes sense. And, And so having that flip, flip of perspective of being like, not why me. Like, maybe just oh, maybe. Why, I mean, why, it's not uh, grammatically correct, but maybe how me. Yeah, I think that works. Or right, <laughs> Xiaomi. <laughs> Isn't that like a tech company or something? <laughs> yeah, it's a cell phone company. <laughs> there, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> Xiaomi. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one thing to say like I'm willing to, willing to die for my faith. I think we. Don't, I think every Christian would probably say that, but. I mean, obviously not everybody would actually be willing to die. And right. when you're in the situation, I'm sure it's a lot different. You know, that has to be exactly It's just so hard. It's like, you know, do you really believe in this? And I, mm-hmm. I honestly think, you know, if I was in that position, like I'm, I've always been of the conviction, like when I was a kid, especially too. You know, if somebody tried to like kidnap me as a kid, I was like, I'm literally going to fight to the death before I let somebody just kidnap me. Like, I, you're going to have to kill me before you kidnap me, basically. You know, and that's that was like my mindset. And I think in this scenario, I probably would be of the similar of a similar mindset. Like before I, you before you throw me in a furnace, I'm probably going to try to fight you to the death so that I don't have to do that. Mm. But I imagine people in the situation, you know, they're they're around a king with a powerful army that's really can easily apprehend you and, and force you to comply. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would just, it's just a scary place to be in. It's just scary. And it really forces you to, to you know, show your hand and, and, and show where your loyalty really lies. It's scary. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of pressure in this situation and we're going to see it here. I think it dials up even more. First of all, this declaration is made. That's that's one thing. It's one thing to hear this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you you maybe are like, oh, are people actually going to do this? You know, you kind of maybe would have that moment where you're kind of questioning, you know, are people actually going to respond and listen to this? Well, then we hear verse seven. Therefore, as soon as they which means like everybody in the kingdom, the peoples of, of every all the nations and peoples heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and all kinds of music, 
all the nations and peoples of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So Mm. now, I said earlier the gauntlet was laid down. If it wasn't before, now it really is because, you know... It's something that we talk about a lot, especially when it comes to school and, you know, you know, the, the phrase, you know, don't do drugs, dare, all that sort of stuff um, is like the peer, peer pressure side of things. And this is where that pops up, too. It's one thing to have this, like, massive consequence. But when you know that that consequence is there and you see all these other people doing it, that adds a whole nother dynamic to the situation. And I think that dials up the heat even more. And I, I mean that literally and figuratively here dials up the heat even more. So I want to ask, I want right. to ask you, Joe, in in these situations where where you see people doing something that that you know is wrong, I I think it's probably you know as as Christian men we don't we're not perfect about this, but I think you know we do see that for what it is. So what I'm going to ask instead is, what are some of the practices that you think are best for in those moments, standing up for the Lord and for truly standing up for what matters? Um, you know, we are blessed in our society that we don't have to face a lot of this, um, where your choice is either between righteousness or either violence or, you know, persecution. Um, I just think you know, when Jesus talked about, I did not come to essentially unite. I did not come to bring peace. Matthew 10, 34 through 36. Do not think that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother. I mean, a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, like, isn't that divisive? The answer is yes. Like the truth is divisive. Hmm. If you stand for truth, it's going to be divisive inherently. And so I think of situations today where very basic truths about our reality are being come under question. And uh, it's not popular to say certain things that are true, that God's word affirms, such as, you know, the truth that God created man and woman, you know, he created two genders, two sexes. And in some places in our society right now, you know, that's unpopular to say, you know what? No, there are two genders. There are a lot of places. If you went to most college campuses in the United States hmm. and you were in a classroom and you said that out loud, you would likely be, I mean, land blasted by hmm. those in that classroom. And so, You know, I think of just times where it is imperative to speak up. And honestly, I think of a time, too, in my my job, um, fortunate enough to work in in Ohio government. And we had a bill, House Bill 68, that was passed by the Ohio legislature and then was vetoed by our governor. And essentially the bill, you know, outlawed minors from being able to receive permanently damaging hormone treatment so for example a 10 year old boy who thinks he's a girl cannot receive hormones that are going to permanently affect the rest of his life we passed the bill banning that the governor vetoed the bill which is i mean i can share my thoughts on that at a different time but 
The Ohio legislature voted to override that veto, and the senators who stood up and st- you know stood up and spoke the truth. There were literally activists all in the in the cha- the chamber, the Senate chamber, you know, shouting down these senators, making making fun of them, making them feel ashamed and bad for stating a simple truth that God tells us is true that there are men and women, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think of people like that, you know, people that do things. And they take action and they say things that are truthful when it's not popular. That's what Jesus literally, that's what he did. It's what he was. That's what he teaches us to do. Um, So that's what I think of, you know, but also I want to say that does not give you the license to just be a jerk and go around like shouting everybody down and making yourself feel better than other people and, and, and just being rude. And derogatory toward others there's a tactful way to do things or a tactful way to, to say the truth but at the end of the day like it's important that we do stand up for what's in god's word and so that's mm-hmm. that's what i think is facing our society the most now you're not going to see people who are literally going to kill you for being a christian luckily in the united states for the most part but right yeah that's what comes to my mind yeah well i think Two things. First of all, I think of the refrain, the the common phrase, what, um, if you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for everything. Is that how it goes? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I, th- I think I think of that. And then what you mentioned about the tact, I think that kind of segues perfectly into what we'll, we'll read here next. And so and, and even what you were talking about here. I mean, this this same thing happens picking back up in Daniel three, verse eight. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, may the king live forever. They talk about the decree that he's issued. And so then they say in verse 12 here, but there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. So this is kind of almost exactly what you're just talking about here. They're coming and they're denouncing these three men for standing up for what they believe in. And in this case, literally, you know, when others were bowing down, they stood up. So 13, furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar asked them, is it true when you hear the sounds of all the music do you, do you bow down and worship? So he, he says here in the second half of verse 15, or so I guess um, if he says, if you hear that and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. And then he challenges them here. He challenges God here. He says, then what God, lowercase g is how it's written in the Bible here, will be able to rescue you from my hand. And here... Here is kind of the crux of this whole passage that I really wanted to to focus in on. Verses 16 through 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Before you. Emphasis, I think, on that. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But, Even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Mm. I don't think there's a better picture in the Bible of how to respond to things like what you were talking about, Joe, about a 
a, a bill that that goes against our the fabric of our belief as Christians, like you said, of of man and woman, how how God created us. Right. I think if you want to know, and there are obviously a lot of other situations. That's the example that that we're talking about here. There are a lot of other examples. I mean, you could talk. You could talk about abortion. Abortion. You could talk about, um, you know, sex outside of marriage. You could talk about all the things that the world says are oh, they're okay. There are so many situations where we're presented with this this opportunity to either go with the crowd, bow down, serve serve what is wrong in God's eyes, or we can stand up. And the other thing here too. And this is kind of this this ties in to what we we're talking about because I think there's two lessons here. The first one is, you know, standing up for what you believe in. I think Daniel is a really good book about that in general. I think it's actually a really good book. I think for Christians who feel like you are surrounded just by worldliness and sinfulness and ungodliness, I think the the book of Daniel in its entirety is a really, really good book to read if you're feeling that or when you're feeling that, because you will. So that's the first part, is standing up. The second part here is is being ready, being willing and able to face the furnace, and there's two things here that we could take away. Number one is trusting God to deliver us from that furnace. You know, like like Joe talked about early in this episode, whether it's something you're dealing with physically, mentally, emotionally, in a relationship, financially, whatever the case is, it's trusting God first of all to deliver you from that and understanding that he has the power and if it's part of if, if it's part of his plan, he very much will. But it's also having the willingness to understand and be okay with the possibility that you will not be delivered where they say here, but even if he does not deliver us, we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. So even in the face of consequences, even in the face of a furnace, are we willing and ready to stand up and to be okay with whatever comes next? I think that is the lesson to be taken here and Joe, I just kind of want to now give you the floor to to offer your thoughts on just the whole the whole idea and kind of maybe a, a summary of your thoughts, especially of these these last three verses here. Yeah, I think there's a, um, I guess a, just a submission to God's will in that, and understanding that first of all, it's God's will that we read His Word, and it's God's will that we believe in His Son, and. In his word, he said, he tells us, whatever we ask in his name, it shall be done if we have faith. Mm-hmm. And so, ultimately, I think a lot of the burden for believers, and including these three and Daniel, came down to their faith. Um, I, don't, I can't speculate on how, how the story would be different if they did not believe, if they lacked faith when they stepped into the furnace. Um, or if they lacked faith in general, but I, I think that these stories are in the Bible because it sh- they show us the power of God. First of all, the, the power of God, regardless, but the power that, that, that God has and can have on our life, if we fully submit to him and have faith in him. Hmm. And that's, that's my, that's my main takeaway. Um, and I guess I'll just go into what I was going to share from the book here. Um, mm-hmm. 
again, Iron Sharpening Iron. It's a great, great book by Paul uh, Lefebvre. But there's four tenets on, on here and what it says to be a follower of Christ. Christ, the King of Kings, already possesses all authority in heaven and earth, restores man to God by conquering all of our enemies, sin, death, and the devil. To him we owe the highest love, reverence, and obedience. Jesus said, follow me, Matthew 4:19. Christians are first and foremost followers of Jesus who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. There are at least four fundamental imperatives regarding one's discipleship to the Lord Jesus Christ. These are, number one, following Christ. Number two, modeling Christ and our behavior. Number three, suffering for and with Christ. And four, conquering with Christ. And I think a lot of Christians in America today think that number three is just not a part of the process. You know, we're, we're, we should not suffer. We should just have good things. You know, we shouldn't go through bad health conditions. We shouldn't have bad things happen in our life. We shouldn't experience hardship. You know, that's the common belief, I think, these days. And I, I don't know, I, I can't really give an answer as to why that is. I mean, I think a lot of it is some of the preaching today about, I feel like it's so cliche to talk about this. Like everybody says, oh, the Christian, the American church and, and prosperity gospel. Like everybody says that, but honestly, it's true. I mean, that is responsible for a certain percentage of people who just think suffering is just not going to be part of the picture. And so I think accepting that suffering, accepting that reality is just part of growing closer to God and growing in your faith. And to kind of summarize and wrap that up, Later in the in this chapter of the book, uh, Lefebvre says, um, you know, he, he compares our suffering. He likens it to the image of oxen pulling a cart. And he says, Jesus calls us to come to him and experience rest for our souls by being yoked to him. To follow Jesus is to be yoked to him. What does it mean to be yoked? The image of a yoke of oxen is employed. The oxen pull in only one direction while they plow the field or pull the cart. Using this analogy, Jesus tells us following him means going wherever he goes, bearing his burdens along with him. However, our part is easy and light compared to his. This is because if we are following him correctly, we won't be doing the directing or the pulling. But we will suffer for his sake, and when we suffer, he will be right there with us. Our discipleship to Jesus is a lifelong journey that begins when we are saved. These concepts will be developed further in the rest of the book. So you know, general concept there, but I, I think it's a good picture for us to, to grasp and a good way to summarize and wrap up my thoughts on this is that if we do it correctly, if we have faith in God, we won't do all the pulling, but we will suffer alongside Christ. And he's there alongside us the whole time. He gave us the helper, the Holy Spirit. Um, but we will suffer. It's just a part of life. And the question of the podcast is, are you prepared for the furnace? And it's a challenge every day for me personally. I'm sure everybody, you know, for Peter, it's a challenge daily. Um, but we need to be prepared, just like uh, in the story of Daniel, you know, that we shared today. So th those are those are my overarching thoughts. Um, we should be prepared for the furnace. Yeah, amen. Yeah, and I think I think what you said there is. I think it is truly having that deep abiding faith in God, first of all, to kind of set that foundation. And and it is also about, yeah, having that understanding that Jesus asks us to pick up our cross daily and follow him. You know, that's, you know, 
something that we need to do on a daily basis. And it's like you said, it's it, it's, it's also, you know, said, I think, in the Gospels um, that he doesn't give us a burden that we can't carry um, because because really, we're like you said, we're not asked to carry it on our own. You know, if we try to, to carry it on our own, it will feel overwhelming. It'll weigh us down. It'll it'll, you know, just drag us down into a dark place. But if we hand it over to him, then we are able to to just, you know, have that have that dependence on him. And it's something that we don't have to to handle to to carry on our own. And so I think that is a beautiful thing. And I think faith really is the place that it starts. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, do you want to pray and wrap us up? You want me to lead us in prayer? Um, if you want to lead, and then I can I can tag tag on at the end. Okay. Yeah. Well, dear Lord, we just thank you for uh, being able to talk today in the podcast about you know these stories and your example to us um, and suffering and and just you being with us through that suffering. I pray that anybody today who's listening who's going through a hardship or is yet to go through one but is going to in their life, pray you prepare them through this episode. Hopefully. Um, I pray that you would bless everybody who come into contact with this episode today. Um, pray that we would all have a renewed faith and patience and endurance um, in our relationship with you. And just we're just so grateful for another breath of life in this earth. It's really a miracle every day we wake up. So we're so grateful for the things you've given us. Pray you continue to move here in the podcast, grow it. And um, yeah, we're just thankful for this day. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that we would be prepared to face the furnace every day, that we'd prepare, be prepared to carry our cross, pick up our cross and carry it every day, and that we would have unrelenting faith in you, and that we would always depend on you to lead us, and that we would also take that initiative too, because that, that is something that is necessary, Lord. We can't just, you know not give any effort, Lord. It is on us to to put forth that effort. So I pray that we would just be reminded of that every day, that we would have, that we would truly stand up like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and be willing to, to just, to just fully trust in you and be willing to face any, anything that, that comes with it. And just thank you for the reminder that you are with us through all of that. And I pray that you would just continue to to guide us in our lives every day. And thank you for, for the opportunity to bring this word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to episode 20. Hope, hopefully you enjoyed it. I thought it was a good one. Um, be sure to like our podcast, leave us a rating, and share it with somebody who needs to hear it. And with that being said, we'll see you in episode 21. Peace.